Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. Tomorrow, the last soccer keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple, my paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Oron Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, November 28th, 2018. Frank Arone here. After uh, one week hiatus, we're back with the Arone Sports Pod. Uh, we were trying to get it in last week, but I was traveling to Washington, D.C. for Thanksgiving, and we left Tuesday, and I uh, just kind of ran out of time. So we are going to try to make it happen, but we didn't quite get there. So took a week hiatus, but like I said, we're back now. And uh, let's head on upstairs to this post-Thanksgiving Week 13 pod, and we'll bring in Rob. How you doing up there, Crabber? Yeah, not doing too bad. Like uh, like you said, uh, come back after a week hiatus after that Thanksgiving break, and I was going to get a pod in there by myself since you were uh, unable to get it in, but... Solo. And uh, yeah, trying to get that solo pod down, but didn't quite get there. Uh, I was busy, pretty busy myself. Uh, last week was a little, little chaotic, but uh, yeah, good to be back on the podcast here and uh, talk some football and trying to get back on track to uh, you know get some winners. Yeah, it's kind of kind of weird i think i don't know maybe it was a teddy coverage or somebody mentioned it last week was saying how you all these teams on a short week with the thursday games it kind of pushes their schedule ahead a day or two i kind of had a little bit of that feeling last week how all like you know different picks and fantasy and all that stuff just kind of moved up a couple of days it was kind of fresh schedule let alone any type of traveling and whatnot so it's kind of nice to be back here on a on a fairly normal schedule and we got what five weeks here now to end the season so uh, it should be a good stretch run and looking forward to it uh, started off here and we'll do a little weekend Thursday t- through Sunday recap. The weekend recap. All right. So, well, from a betting standpoint and also just from a uh, Thanksgiving standpoint, how did last week treat you there, Crabber? Uh, a little bit of a rough one. I had a few good weeks there. Um, but, uh, yeah, last week wasn't the best. I, at least for my release plays there, I had that one over in the New England game. If you see on my, my picks page, that was kind of a play. I liked a decent amount, got a pretty good number on it. Um, but, yeah, the Jets had four opportunities there on about the two-yard line to punch it in at the end of the game and couldn't quite get it, and that would have pushed at least my bet over. I went to beat the closing number, but had over 46.5, and they would have got the game to 47. So that was a frustrating one, and those totals have been a little bit uh, frustrating. I have actually a few New England totals. I know I had uh, an over several weeks ago, or a couple weeks ago I think it was, when they basically just gave up uh, halfway through the fourth quarter there, so that was pretty tough to get that one over, even though it was right, right on pace to get over. So, yeah, kind of a little frustrating, but, uh, yeah, other two plays uh, went one and one there. Kind of right side winner with Tampa Bay the whole time. Didn't really have any, you know, problems with that one. I think that was a pretty easy winner. And then Cincinnati, pretty much the opposite. They didn't think that was ever the right side. I think pretty much from the start of the game, they were pretty much dead. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like a little bit unlucky there in the one total, but the other ones, I think, uh, had the right side and the wrong side, so. Um, all in all, one and two, and a little bit of a losing week, but still profitable on the year. So hopefully, uh, keep grinding away here, and hopefully have a little bit of a 
late uh, late NFL season run here and get a little bit uh, back into the uh, more in the red. Yeah, I um, got back, like I said, from D.C. It's Sunday, right before the game started. I ended up going 2-1 and one on the Sunday games, but I had a two-unit play there on Cincinnati, and I was just thinking that there's the market just flooded money on Cleveland to the point where they ended up becoming a favorite there at kickoff, and I was just thinking, well, I don't know, you know, obviously this isn't the same Cleveland team from a couple of years ago, but Cleveland laying points on the road just didn't seem right, and it was kind of just a fade of the market, and like you said, it was pretty much uh wrong side loser from the beginning. So that was a little frustrating. Um, you know, say at least you'd like to be in it, but uh, the other ones with Buffalo and the under in that Tampa game, they were both fairly, fairly easy out there, and then on Thanksgiving, I took a couple dogs, and favorites just absolutely rolled. But uh, I think the Atlanta lost by a point, and Detroit ended up losing by a couple after that late pick six that Stafford threw. So those are both pretty frustrating. I'm sure the, the squares must have had a great Thanksgiving, add a little turkey to their, <laughs> their bankrolls there with all the favorites crushing. Um, other than that, the D.C. was pretty cool. We saw the White House, some monuments and whatnot, so... That was kind of a cool experience over Thanksgiving. So from a football play standpoint, went two and three, which wasn't great. But uh, overall, it was a good time. And now back at home and looking forward to this week. So before we get into this week, though, let's do a quick getting the best of the number. Getting the best of the number. All right. So which games last week uh, did the number come into play there, Rob? Yeah, I had quite a few. I know I mentioned it before the, the podcast, you off uh, off air here, but uh, had had a lot the week before that we missed. Uh, what would that be, week uh, week 12? There was, or the week 12 podcast, the week 11 games, there was, I think I counted about five just doing it off by my hand, and that was just ones of stuff, ones I know about. I didn't even go through them game by game, so there could have been more, but that was a lot of getting the best numbers that we would have had in the last podcast segment of last week. But uh, yeah, this week we had a few, few itself here. Uh, that one I mentioned, New England almost got there, but not quite. So that could have been another one uh, if my total would have got there. Uh, but yeah, the three I got are Washington-Dallas. Uh, we mentioned that one. I think that one opened eight and a half, eight somewhere in there uh, early in the week. Uh, and Dallas, it closed like seven and a half, I think, most most places. Uh, I know it's kind of a dead number there on eight. So that one moves pretty quickly. And uh, yeah, that one landed 31-23 right on eight. So if you got that one early on Washington getting the points or Dallas, if you would have got that at close, you would have been a winner either way. Then I got a total there for the Giants uh Philadelphia Eagles game. That one opened as low as forty six or forty six and a half and closed as high as forty nine and a half, fifty, even fifty and a half at a few shops in Vegas, and that one landed twenty five to twenty two as a score and uh landed right on forty seven. So that was a perfect example there. If you bet that one early or if you bet it late and bet the under, you would have got been a winner. The final one I had is the Miami Dolphins, Indianapolis Colts, uh total as well. That one opened fifty and a half and a what I had for my number at the Westgate opener. Uh, most shops are 50 and a half or maybe some 51s and it closed 52 and a half at most shops. And this one landed uh 20, uh, what was the score here? 24, sorry, I messed 27, up. 24 27, 24, 51 total. Yeah, yeah, that's what I, my notes are messed up there. Yeah, 27, 24, 51 total. So another one there that, uh, yeah, pretty good example on those last two totals. Uh, you got to bet, bet them earlier or take the late number on the under. So a uh, good example there of getting the best of the numbers, uh, three games, so. All right, sounds good. Let's jump right into week 13 here with a fairly intriguing Thursday night game. 
Uh, we got the Saints off 10 straight wins now, headed to Dallas on the short week. Looks like the Saints are 7 to 7.5 point favorite on the road with a total of 52, 52.5. Yep, let's see here. Um, so let's see, I, none of my power rate on this game. My power rate was actually, I think it was New Orleans minus 6.5. Uh, yeah, like you said, seven, seven and a half across the board. And like I always do, I'll give the Westgate opener and the lookhead line as well as the total. Lookhead line is the bettable line from the week before, just so we can get one week of games in there to see what the differences are made uh, from the line. So yeah, the Westgate open here on this game, New Orleans seven and a half, lookhead line, New Orleans seven, and the total here at the Westgate open 53. Um, I don't know this. I mean, that, to me, this is an easy, easy handicap for me. I think there's value on the Dallas side. Been pretty low on Dallas all year for the most part, but they're kind of getting it together. I'm still not too high on Garrett. Uh, Jason Garrett, the head coach, he's been, I don't think I'll ever be on board with him, but uh, he's getting the squad together or they're, they're coming together, whether it's him or not, uh, who knows. But I mean, that's just a deal. It's To me, this line just tells you the sportsbooks are tired of dealing with New Orleans covering and winning every single game because I don't think they've, they haven't covered. I don't know how long it's been. It's been like nine straight covers or something like, something ridiculous. That's unheard yeah, of when you're... part of the reason my my year hasn't been as good because they just keep crushing me. Yeah. I've yeah. been against them, I think, three, four weeks in a row now. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's tough. Uh, when you're laying this many points every week and you can get up and, and win by a margin every week like the Saints have been doing, again, laying doubles last week and covering, it's uh, it's tough to do. So, I mean, I think it just goes to show you how good of a team they are. But at the same time, at some point, going to catch up to you. The point spread will catch up. And up to this point, obviously, it hasn't. But, I mean, it's, it's going to be soon. So, I think this might be... At any time, it would be a time to start hopping on. Uh, so, like I said, uh, what I'm hitting to add here would be the Dallas. I mean, getting seven points at home just seems like a bargain. But at the same time, I don't know if I how quickly I want to do that. Uh, like I said, because who knows how long this trend is going to continue. It's kind of a deal to me, like, kind of wait and see when uh, when this catches up to them. Uh, when New Orleans, that is, when the point spread catches up to them. I think it's probably going to be here. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to keep betting against it. Because like you said, yeah, I've lost quite a bit of money here so far uh, this season. Betting against the Saints, so... Um, yeah, to me it's Dallas or pass, but even at uh, at seven, I don't know if I'm gonna get there. But if it gets back to seven and a half, I'll probably just take a take a hit off a of principle, just because, like I said, if uh, you bet if you like the line now at seven, it's uh, pretty much a no brainer at seven and a half. So I'll wait and see if I get to it at seven. I feel like there's value on at both numbers, but uh, yeah, Dallas side for sure, pass here, uh, no 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 brainer for me. Yeah, it's just while you were talking there, I was looking back at the my play history uh, page on ourownsports.com and. Going back, uh, let's see here, five, yeah, five weeks I've in a row I've bet against the Saints, and I'm 0 for 5 over that stretch. So they've been winning, they've been covering, and we're a public team that has a pretty high-powered, sexy offense like that. The books are going to adjust I think, more quickly than they will with some other more low-profile, more defensive teams. And I agree with what you're saying here, where this is just uh, we're going to put this number up not ridiculously high, but we're definitely going to juice it towards New Orleans. You're going to have to pay a premium if you want to back them. So for me, it's just a simple question of do I want Dallas or not? And I've been pretty anti-Dallas for most of the year. Uh, they're a team that I just haven't – usually when you don't like the quarterback that much and you're not a fan of the coach, <laughs> it's kind of tough to back teams. I did mention a couple weeks ago with Dallas, I think they are a little bit underrated due to their – defense and specifically their front seven gets a pretty good pass rush so if if you can get to breeze i think that's probably the best way to try to you know stop them or at least force them to get a turnover or two and their offense might be a fairly decent team to try to neutralize new orleans so they can get zeke going and just kind of run the ball and 
and shorten the game uh, if if they can do that. I mean, I don't know. At, at home in a short week, it's it's been a pretty great spot for the most part this year, and I kind of like Dallas here. And <laughs> hopefully, it doesn't it doesn't go over six for me here in the last six weeks betting against New Orleans. But I'll almost for sure be on Dallas and maybe maybe get to the under. But I I'll probably just uh, just focus on the side here in this one. Uh, on to Sunday. The first early game we got here is Indy at Jacksonville. Looks like Indy's laying four here on the road with a total of 47 and a half. 47. Yeah, my power, uh, yeah, my power rating here, uh, Indy minus two. Westgate open, Indy three. Look at line here, Indy two and a half. And the total here, open 48. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Another one here kind of similar. Not quite as uh, crazy as fashion, but kind of similar here with uh, Indy. Uh, market's catching up with them, and uh, I guess it's also catching up with Jacksonville in the opposite way. Uh, they're kind of just collapsing. The markets are collapsing on Jacksonville. I know I bet against them last week. I had quite a bit of money uh, betting against uh, the Jacksonville team there with Buffalo at home, getting the three points. I thought that was just kind of a bad line. Actually, three and a half in my case, but um, right side winner there myself, I, I believe, and uh, Jacksonville just didn't, was never really in that game, even though the, the final score was a little bit close, but I don't know, and now it looks like they're making the change at quarterback here in Jacksonville. They're looking like they're moving to, to moving to yeah to Kessler. So your guy. So we'll see how he can do. I mean, it can't be a downgrade at this point. Well, with as limited as limited as they were with uh, Bortles behind Q, so uh, as Q behind center. Um, but with that being said, I mean you know, a little bit of money, early money on Indy here. It's just, I mean, you're, you're paying tax now. I mean, at, at three you can maybe see it, but it's just yeah four. You're talking about uh, on the road. It's just uh, it's a Hefty price to pay, so I mean, I don't know if I really trust either of these teams. Uh, Indy laying points on the road when they've been as good, looked as good as they have. It seems like they're uh, you know maybe due for a down game at some point here. Um, you know, but that offensive line's a little bit banged up and kind of you know, might if that that could change the whole story too. If that Jacksonville front front seven can put any kind of pressure on it, but again, it comes down to to me a little bit of motivation as well. It kind of could be a deal where Jacksonville gives up, and if you kind of have that sense, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue the fact of laying the points here with Indy, but at the same time, for me, it's just uh, a little bit tough to do because if Jacksonville comes out with any kind of a effort at all, and especially with the change of quarterback, I could definitely see a something like the defense coming out stronger just to show how much they hated Bortles. They've kind of made that public in the last uh, you know five, six weeks. So I wouldn't be surprised if Jacksonville comes out with a good effort here. So to me, I think you got to look at the Jacksonville side, but uh, I don't know if I'll get to the window or not, but uh, probably Jacksonville or pass for me. Yeah, I think this is kind of getting into those later season games that we've talked about earlier. Where to me it all comes down to the Jacksonville motivation because if their defense is motivated and they do want to prove a point to show how bad Bortles was or if they just feel like they have a Hail Mary at the playoffs or they just want to, you know, whatever, show have a good showing, I feel like this is a great number to back them at. Uh, that being said, usually when a team's quitting, it takes the most effort to play defense. So if you have a team that relies heavily on its defense and they quit, then you're going to be in real trouble. So I would like to back Jacksonville here, especially, like you said, I don't think there's any way that Kessler can be a downgrade from Bortles. But the only thing it could be is if he was really turnover prone because Bortles has a one thing to his credit. He didn't really do his turn it over much. He'd just take sacks constantly and punt the ball. <laughs> so at least they wouldn't get blown out too often. Uh, but like on the indie side, I, I agree. It seems like you're buying them at a high here. They've won five games in a row. Uh, but those games were against the Dolphins, Titans, Jags, Raiders, Bills. So not a whole lot of them. You know, you can only beat us in front of you, but not a whole lot of impressive wins there. And that Jacksonville win, they won by three. And it was a kind of a back-and-forth 
game where it was tied up late and they ended up sneaking out of there with a field goal win. So now you go to Jacksonville. I don't know. It's, I don't know. Just kind of a lot to ask for them to go on the road and cover this kind of point spread when they're on the kind of roll that they are. So I, I would only look towards Jacksonville, but I'll most likely be staying away from this one. Uh, next game is Carolina at Tampa Bay. It's like Carolina's a three and a half point favorite with a total of 54 and a half. Yeah, my power right here, Carolina minus two. Westgate open, Carolina three and a half. Look headline here, Carolina four and a half. And the total here open at 56. And uh, yeah, a little bit of downwards moving on that total. And uh, not a whole lot of moving on that point spread um, from, since the opener here. Yeah, this one's kind of a little bit tough for me. I I mean, uh, the numbers, you take a home dog here at Tampa and take get a three and a half with the hook there would be generally enticing. I don't know, I'm a little bit higher on Carolina, I think, than most people. I've, uh, I think they're a pretty solid squad, and they've, I think they've lost their last three. But they've all been, uh, you know, you can't really fault them. They've been in them all the games, and they've had some tough foes. So I don't really put a whole lot into them. I think this would be a game where they, uh, you know, not pretty much a must win. They need to stop, you know, they need to ride the ship, and they need a game here. So I think this could be... To me, a little bit of a blowout fashion type of game I could see, especially after Tampa. I was on them last week. They had a pretty good game uh, against San Francisco. Had control that game the whole time, like I said earlier, and I feel like this would be, uh, you know, Tampa-like fashion where they have a good game and then, you know, come down to, to earth here and, and play a little bit of a tougher component, uh, opponent and uh, and show what their their true colors. And I definitely think this would be a game where Winston's primed to throw a few interceptions, make some big mistakes, and it's all just a matter of, uh, you know, can he come in for a backdoor cover late? And I don't, I don't really think so. So, I mean... I'm not going to be able to bet Carolina here laying points on the road uh, or laying more than a field goal on the road, uh, especially with the extra hook. But um, I probably I don't know if I even lean Carolina, but I think that's just going to more more than nothing. It's more than anything, it's just going to keep me off the game uh, from taking Tampa. I think uh, it's just to stay away from me altogether. I don't have a lean. Yeah, I'm not nearly as high on Carolina as you are. But that being said, uh, their yeah their last three losses are somewhat excusable. The Seattle's been playing pretty good, and they lost a close one where Seattle came from behind there late and won by a field goal. And then there's kind of that weird game against the Lions where they went for two and didn't make it. But that was just that was just kind of a strange game um, from the beginning. And then they got blown out at Pittsburgh on that Thursday night. But we talked about over and over again how it seems like the team at home has had such an advantage in the short week where sometimes you just kind of got to write those games off and don't want to take too much from them. So other than before that, they were rolling and were – whatever six and two so i think it's kind of who do you believe this carolina team is do you think they're the team that started six and two or do you think they're the team that they've showed uh more so than not the last few weeks and i kind of tend to think it's the the lesser of those two teams even though those losses are somewhat excusable uh but that being said tampa coming off a win Jameis winston coming off a win that's a little bit scary it seems like you're playing with fire a little bit there so since you're getting over a field goal, uh, that's definitely the way I would go because I could absolutely see this being a game where either one of these teams are driving late to win the game and and or Carolina goes up and then all of a sudden they cut and Tampa's scored three times there late to cut it to three somehow and now they're trying to onside kick it to get the ball back, one of those type deals. So I don't have enough faith in Tampa to really make that move, but that's the way I'd look. And another thing that's kind of interesting is last week I bet Tampa San Fran under at uh, 55, and now this week they come back against the Panthers, who I don't know. I don't, Panthers can put up points. They're not the most dynamic team by any means, but 
they at least have a couple of weapons with Cam and uh, McCaffrey. But I definitely consider them more of an under team. And I know Tampa's mostly a dead nuts over team. But it's still just when you have one team that might play to a slower pace, a total of 54 and a half, 55 just seems a little high to me. So I would lean dog and under, but not sure I'll necessarily get there on either of them. We'll see kind of how uh, my feelings progress here as the week goes on. Next game, we have Baltimore heading to Atlanta. Looks like Atlanta's a one-point home favorite with a total of 48.5-49. Uh, yeah, my power right here is a pick em. Um Westgate open, Baltimore 3. No look at line due to the uncertainty at quarterback for Baltimore. And then the total here, 49. Uh, with that being said, uh, still don't know what the what the status is, status is of the Baltimore quarterback. We don't know who we're going to get, whether it be Lamar Jackson or Flacco. I mean, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, Harbaugh is trying to do what he can to kind of keep that under closed doors. We might not even know until uh, pretty close to kickoff who's going to be. So it's kind of hard to bet this game myself. Cause I think no. it's pretty sure it's going to be um, Jackson. Or else if it is Flacco, it's pretty sure he's not going to practice all week. So it'll be a cold Flacco. Okay. So I think it's a pretty good chance it's Jackson, but we don't know for sure, like you said. Okay. Um, yeah, because I got uh, Flacco questionable, so I'm not really sure what the deal is. But Either way, I think uh, it's tough because uh, I I I don't not big black not big Flacco fan by any stretch, uh, but I feel like he'd be pretty important in this game because I feel like that's higher total forty eight forty eight and a half. You're gonna need to be able to throw the ball and be able to do uh, make some downfield plays, and not that Flacco's that great at that, but at least it gives him some kind of an opportunity. Where Mar Jackson, I just don't really have any faith in him at all. I mean, to me, he's kind of similar to Chicago's quarterback. If if he plays, I guess we don't really know, but. Um, it just yeah they can't they only can they can make plays on their feet and it looks somewhat impressive but at some point kind of like you saw in RG three the defenses can can stop it and eventually they'll be able to, to do something and or, or get injured or you know a lot of different things can happen so if you can't throw the ball in the NFL it'll eventually catch up to you and uh, Lamar Jackson now he's especially now he's going to be traveling going to Atlanta which is a pretty tough place to play I know they're not as good so it's definitely going to be somewhat easier you'd think with the crowds but still um, you know it's not not going to be easy by any stretch and uh, it'll be a close competitive game uh, according to the point spread so. I don't know. I, 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 that keeps me away from Baltimore for sure. Even though that's a uh, so I, I I understand the Atlanta money, especially at three, it makes sense to me. Um, but as Atlanta team, I think it's been kind of hard to figure out this season. To be honest, it's been a, a roller coaster of a ride, and I feel like I've been on, I've been on them at the right times for the most part, but still a little bit hard to figure out. So um, all in all, it's uh, I think with the unknown uncertainty for Baltimore that I haven't for sure got. Uh, you know, you really don't know who's going to be playing for sure. I think uh, it's definitely tough to bet this game. Uh, side or total myself and even, even if I did know that I still think it'd be pretty tough to figure out I think it's kind of right where it should be and a pretty easy stay away I think for the most part for me yeah um I'd say that you're talking about like RG3 in his prime with Washington or RG3 yeah like when like, he you had so much success right away he's able to run the ball and be pretty pr- uh, productive and pretty successful and then once people figured him out and then especially in the injury as well so it's uh, a similar similar type of deal like that for uh, Trubisky and uh, Lamar Jackson yeah, I'd, I'd totally disagree with that because he'd huck the ball downfield. Like, he was out of that Baylor, spread him out. Like, he would definitely run the ball quite a bit too, but that was more so, like, once plays broke down. But he was, like, he just bomb it downfield, like, all the time. And it was pretty successful, whereas, like, Lamar Jackson so far, he's had two starts against Oakland and the Bengals. And last week against Oakland, they ended up getting a pretty fraudulent cover late. Uh, that we kind of laughed about how we, you said I could sense this one coming for you know a mile away and just screwing all the Oakland backers. And last week, Jackson passing 14-25 for 178 yards and one touchdown, two interceptions. 
and then the week before, 13 and 19 for 150 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. So he's been somewhat dynamic with his legs, but it's just there's no way in this today's day and age you're going to be able to primarily run the ball as a quarterback and be that effective. Uh, so I I do agree on that level, and. I don't think Atlanta's defense is special by any means, and I think their offense has been pretty spotty, so it is kind of hard to know what to make of Atlanta. And they might have a somewhat tough time moving it against this Baltimore defense. But I think Baltimore, uh, I think they're getting a little bit more respect than they should because of those, of the fact that Lamar is 2-0, and a starting quarterback. But the way the Bengals team is playing right now, they might be the worst team in the league or right near it. And if they're not, Oakland might be the actual worst team in the league. So when you go up against two of the bottom, say, three teams in the league, and Jackson looks not even that good against them, I think that's a little worrisome. And I I do like Harbaugh, so maybe he'll kind of get things figured out here on the fly as they go. But that being said, uh, I think a middling team like Atlanta laying less than a field goal against this offensively challenged Baltimore team is pretty good value to me. and. Atlanta's they're four and seven, so they're they might be out of it. Like it could have been a dream crusher last week against the Saints. But I think you could talk yourself into running the table going nine and seven in the NFC and probably sneaking into that last wild card spot. So I don't think the motivation will be completely shot and if you get a halfway decent effort out of Atlanta, I think it's a pretty cheap price to be laying here at home. So I lean to Atlanta with a couple extra days to prepare. Next game we have is Cleveland at Houston. Looks like Houston's a five and a half, six point favorite at home with a total of forty-seven and a half. Yeah, my power rating here: Houston minus seven. Westgate open. Houston four and a half. Look at line: Houston seven, and the total here open forty-five and got shot up right immediately out of the shoot. It's now up to forty-seven and a half, forty-eight, like you mentioned. So yeah, a lot of uh, over money here early. Kind of just a bad line, I would say. If nothing else, uh, I think mainly just basing off of that Houston team I think they're kind of a little bit different team than what uh, people are betting on the first part of the season they've kind of figured out the offense a little bit Watson looks a little bit better and uh, the the defense is uh, you know still been solid but not as as good as it's uh, anticipated to be at the top uh, one two three four five in the league I'd say is uh, what it was projected preseason so uh, with all those uh, big injuries on defense back coming into the 2018 uh, campaign here so uh, as for that I mean yeah I, I like the over I, I agree with the money but now you're talking about where it's a little bit pricey now especially going through some key numbers uh, 47 48 uh, it's tough, you know, tough to talk myself into when I miss the boat. It's uh, <laughs> you're just not gonna make money like that. Like I said, it was a, it might have been a bad number, and it wasn't really widely available. And uh, you know, it still could have value at the current number. So that's why I'd, I'd lean over still. But uh, it's hard for me to get to the, when I could have got a number if I would have been doing my work earlier. I could have got a bit, way better number. It's just hard for me to do that. Uh, so with that being said, uh, and then you got the point, uh, the point spread side, and yeah, I don't, I, I don't have really any opinion here. Uh, power rating says take Houston, but I really don't trust them in this kind of role uh laying laying this many points here even in the, even if they are at home uh the, the cleveland team is a just a completely different team like you mentioned at the start of the podcast and what you what you're used to last year i don't know if that's just the, the head coach hugh jackson just because he's not there or what that has to be but i, I do like mayfield i've kind of liked him uh since the start of the season or since he started this year when he first got started early in the season i've uh, always kind of been on board with him he's been uh even if he doesn't Necessarily make the best decisions, uh, kind of chucks a little bit, but he definitely gives them at least a chance and uh, to to come back, especially if they're down early or whatever. Again, they kind of he gets, kind of gives Cleveland a fighting chance. But uh, all in all, they uh, kind of went there and did work in a divisional game last week. So I think spot wise, uh, I, I guess Houston is coming off uh, the Monday night or the 
they're going to have short rest as well. So, I mean, yeah, spot-wise, I don't really think it favors either of the teams. And uh, Cleveland's coming off a big win. Houston coming off a big win. So it feels to me like this number's kind of right. And, yeah, if anything, I'd probably lean over. But, again, you're kind of getting the worst of numbers so far uh, this week. Yeah, I think that's a good point there about Mayfield. It's it's nice. I don't know if the, you know, from a profitability standpoint, there's any way to actually calculate this or not. But as far as from an emotional standpoint, it's way more fun to have a quarterback. That at least gives you a chance if they do happen to fall down early or, you know, if they need to drive the field to get a backdoor to, to get you the money late. It's nice to have a quarterback that at least is going to push the ball and give you a chance as opposed to, a you know, Bortles or, even a Derek Carr most of the time, it's just or Alex Smith are just going to sit there and dink and dunk and never even really take their shots. I'd much rather have someone, whether it works or not, that it's going to at least kind of give you a chance there to get there. So I think that was a good point. Uh, but as far as everything else, I pretty much agree with you. I, I, I just don't – Houston's – what have they won now? Eight straight or – they've won a ton in a row here. And they're – so, I mean, they're obviously – a respectable team but i'm really not buying into them as an elite team or an eight and three type team uh but that being said cleveland off a win doesn't feel (laughs) like a great spot either and especially when you're catching under a touchdown here so uh i don't really know i don't love either of these teams i don't necessarily hate either of these teams but i think this game is probably priced pretty accurately so i'll just move on uh, next game we have Buffalo at Miami. Looks like Miami's a four and a half point favorite with a total of forty. Yeah, my power rain here, Miami four and a half. Westgate open, Miami six and a half, and no look headline there due to the quarterback uncertainty. Weren't sure what the deal is with Tannehill at Miami. And then the total here open forty and a half. Um I'll make this one short, uh, kind of long winded on a few of my other earlier ones, so yeah, numbers right where I expected. The totals right where I had it come in at, uh, sitting at forty, pretty much across the board, uh, give or take a half point in a few shops. And um, yeah, I like Buffalo quite a bit last week. Like I mentioned, got a pretty good number on it, and uh, I feel like this one a little bit of adjusted because of that. You can see the difference in the look headline by two points there. Um, probably warranted, but I, I do like Tannehill. One thing I will say is I do like Tannehill way more than uh, than Osweiler for Miami. I know a lot of people said that it was no difference, really, maybe a one- or two-point adjustment. To me, I'd say it's easily three, if not more. I I know it's hard to tell with how it was, how healthy Tannehill is, but uh, I, I just like Tannehill way more uh, be behind center there for Miami. So uh, if, the, if, this was, uh, if, this, if that were the case, I'd much prefer to take Buffalo here, probably at plus three with Osweiler uh, at quarterback, uh, and rather than laying four and a half with, uh, with Tannehill. So that just goes to show you how much of an adjustment I, I make between the two quarterbacks, not to say that Tannehill, I like him a lot more so, how much, uh, how low I, I, I put in uh, Osweiler. But anyway, I, all, the, all in all, I think the numbers here kind of jive with what I have, and there's really nothing to, nothing to have, so we'll just wait and see if the market moves here uh, later in the week, but uh, right now I just have nothing on this game. See, I think, I think this uh, number is kind of where they should have been priced, I don't know, about four weeks ago. Because I think by the beginning of the year, Miami was playing fairly good ball and Buffalo was a total disaster outside of that Minnesota performance. And then, so I think that the number would have came like, you know, eight or so, uh, four or five weeks ago. But I think now, the way the teams have played over the last month, Buffalo's actually been playing fairly inspired ball on defense and the offense has been up and down. And then Miami's been, it's kind of a disaster here for a while. They're 
two and six over their last eight games, and their two wins are by three points and by seven points. And one of those wins was against the Bears, which is a quality win. But I remember how fluky that game was when Osweiler came in, and there was a couple weird tip passes, and just a lot of strange stuff happened in that game. And another win is against the Jets at home, where they won by seven and just a low slow, low scoring slop fest. So you're giving me that profile of a team, and I'm catching four and a half against them. Uh, with a team that's not the worst team in the league at this point, off two straight wins, which you know, it, who knows if they can handle success or not. But you're not really, you're not even necessarily asking them to win the game. You're just asking them to be competitive. And I agree that Tannehill is an upgrade from uh, Osweiler. So maybe looking at the Miami side there, that's a little bit fraudulent because almost all those games were with uh, Osweiler. So maybe that's where you could point poke a hole in my logic and say that's flawed, but. I just don't think Miami's really been that talented or great of a team overall basically the whole year. And those first three wins, I mean, they started off the season 0-3, and it was against the Raiders, Jets, and Titans, which none of those three look particularly impressive right now. So I just I, – I don't know if this is giving Miami a little bit too much respect or Buffalo a little bit too little, but I would uh, – I'll probably be on the Bills in this one here and, and uh, feel fairly comfortable with it, surprisingly. <laughs> Uh, next game is Chicago heading to the Giants. I'm not seeing. Do you see any numbers on this one? Or I know Trubisky's status is in question. Oh uh, no, I, I see a few numbers. Uh, four and a half, five and a half, uh, total of 45 and 46. Uh, some offshore books, but I don't know. I'm not even, not even sure if those are are live or not. But that's only two numbers I see. So Chicago, obviously the favorite. There. Yeah, Chicago being the favorite, and uh, yeah, other than that, it's uh, off the board is uh, all I can see. My power in here uh, with the. Uh, Healthy Trubisky at Chicago uh, laying five on the road. So, yeah, it comes in right between my two power. Um, numbers come right uh, right between. My my power rating comes right between those two numbers, what I should say. So, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm, I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm kind of surprised they don't have numbers up. It doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal difference to me, but uh, clearly it is to, to, the, to the odds makers. Yeah, I don't. It's kind of hard to make with the Giants. I think they actually gave a pretty good effort there, at least in the first half last week against the Eagles and then, we're up, I don't know what it was, 19-3 to or something like that, going into half, and then just totally collapsed in the second half. So it'll be interesting to see with them. I know there's talk of, before last week, them running the table and maybe sneaking into the playoffs at 9-7, and which maybe that was them dreaming. But after last week, um, it might be a little bit of a dream crusher for them, so we'll have to see how they respond. But I really don't have a good feel. Uh, I've been trying to bet against the Bears here for a while and just bit me in the butt here the last couple weeks, so... I guess by rights, I should probably jump in here on the Giants catching the points at home, but I don't know if I'm going to get there with Eli or not. We'll uh, have to wait and see. Next game, speaking of teams that have bit me a few times here, we got Cincinnati hosting Denver. Looks like Denver's laying five on the road with a total of 44, 44 and a half. Uh, yeah, my power in here, Denver three and a half. Westgate open, Denver five. Look headline here, <laughs> Cincy minus two and a half, 120. And the total here open forty two. So yeah, look at that look at line. Yeah, granted it's a little bit. Uh, there's a quarterback change from uh, to Driscoll. Uh, I know we saw a little bit of him last week. Uh, looked pretty impressive. Gave him a lot better chance than uh, what Dalton was showing. But uh, looks like he's uh, Dalton, and my screen looks like he's out for the season. So he's not even going to be. Uh, they're not going to try to pull a Tampa Tampa type of situation where they're going to go back and forth between quarterbacks. Looks like they're uh, forced to go with Driscoll, even if uh, he doesn't show up too well. But like I said, he does. He did look pretty impressive, or not impressive. But he looked, you know, decently serviceable for a backup last week, and you know, there's some potential there. But again, I don't know with the Cincy team. I'm I'm pretty much just going to stay away because 
I've uh, last week was kind of my last ditch last ditch effort with them. I thought this is a you know this is a spot they need to win at. It's pretty good. Uh, money's coming against them. An arrival against a Cleveland team. If they can't get the business done here, when Cleveland, what was the stat there? Like twenty five games on the road, they haven't won or something like that. Yeah, something horrific over yeah, the last so, three four years. Yeah, exactly. So since he can't get it done there, it's uh, it's tough to back them and. So I'm not. I'm gonna. I'll wait and see if uh, maybe Driscoll will give him a little bit of a shot in the arm or something. But yeah, uh, not gonna be laying. I, I, the problem is I really want to bet against Denver because I don't. They won again there. Uh, obviously covered. They won outright as an underdog last week against Pittsburgh, and I'd like to bet against them, but I just don't know how much faith I have here in the Cincy team. Uh, what their their motivation and their effort after starting the season off hot. I know I said early in the season about the first about the first quarter poll. I just said I don't really trust the Cincy team. This offense and. They seem like uh, smoke and mirrors to me, and then pretty much since that point, uh, a week or two after, it's been pretty much downhill. They haven't been able to put anything together. So I was kind of you know, right on that, but then you know, I still kind of still bet on them, which is kind of frustrating to me. Uh, there's, there's some value there. They just couldn't do it, put anything together. But I don't know. This kind of seems like a spot that you want to back Cincy, but again, I, like I said, I'm kind of just uh, off the wagon here for the Cincy train until uh, until they show me something something more uh, than they have in the last few weeks. But yeah, something to keep a note for sure. As I look at line, I mean, I don't really put, uh, I don't know what the downgrade is between Dalty and, and Driscoll. I'd maybe say uh, two, three points, maybe, I, but it's kind of just a ballpark. You really don't know what you're getting with Driscoll, but it's kind of funny. You look at, you can kind of tell the quarterback change. Yeah, but uh, the huge change, almost eight points uh, from uh, the look at line to the opener just shows you uh, after that Cincy loss there, how how much of a downgrade the markets are going to put in Cincinnati and then maybe slightly as well with the Denver big win over Pittsburgh, but. Yeah, all in all, to me, uh, it's uh, probably not going to be getting to the window any, anywhere in this game. But I think we'll be interesting to see what happens in this game. I think that's, I think that's a decent um, component of that line. Is is I think Denver's getting some respect now. You see a lot of talking heads and national people talking about how impressive the Chargers Pittsburgh back to back wins are, and how Denver at five and six is right there in the playoff chase, and. You know, your guy Simmons was talking about how good Keenum is, and just some I think fairly ridiculous narratives. I mean, Denver's their defense has been pretty good for I mean a while now. They've, they've been playing pretty pretty good football, so you got to give them some credit. And Keenum's been okay, kind of managing the game and making some plays here and there. So I'm I'm not trying to totally downplay. I don't think they're a terrible team by any means, but I think they are getting a little bit too much respect here. Uh, especially on the road, they they beat the Chargers a couple weeks ago on the road, and then they handled the Cardinals early in the year on the road or whatever six six weeks ago now. But I just I don't know. I, maybe um, I'm taking a couple early results uh, to ex- to extremes, but I just for some reason to get the feel of this Denver isn't the great road team. And I guess I don't really know exactly why that is. Maybe it's just a gut feeling more than anything. But it just kind of seems to me like the, if the defense doesn't travel quite as well. And you're asking Keenum to win you games on the road. Uh, I'm not going to be overly enthusiastic about that position. And that being said, uh, on Cincinnati's side, it's I, I want to back them. It's I don't think it's too big of a downgrade from Dalty, especially the way he was playing. Like he definitely wasn't playing that great of football uh, to Driscoll, who definitely looked capable. I know me and you as um, kind of rooting on Cincy there a little bit last week. Or at least I guess I was. Uh, when he came in, I think they were down twenty-eight nothing or thirty-five nothing or something along those lines, and he came back and got him twenty points, which uh, maybe it's garbage time and you can't really read into that too much. But he definitely threw a few balls that looked pretty good, and I, I, I thought the team 
looked as energetic, if not more so, with him and the Dalty. I don't think they were like overly worked up about Dalty going out because he just really hasn't been too impressive much at all. So I th- I feel, and then they're getting AJ Green back here, which not the receivers are going to necessarily move point spreads a ton, but I think he's him and Mixon are far and away their most uh, explosive playmakers. So I think that could be a big spark for him. Um, and I just think in this price range, I know a couple weeks ago we bet on Sensi what was a home run spot uh, against New Orleans, and they were just like six point. Uh, underdogs so now you're talking about a pretty similar point spread range against Denver and I think we'd all say New Orleans is head and shoulders better than Denver so the difference here would be the change quarterback which I, I think is fairly negligible and then just how since he's played over the last couple of weeks and Denver's played so maybe the adjustments are warranted uh, it's just a spot where I feel like you should play Cincy it's just whether I have the guts to pull the trigger or not with all those semi-unknown variables coming into play here Next game is the Rams off their bye week heading to Detroit. Looks like uh, the Rams are 10-point road favorites with a total of 55. Yeah, my power right here, Rams 7.5, opened at the Westgate. Rams minus 8.5 on the look-ahead line here. Rams 7, total here, open 55. I was just, just looking through my picks page here on uh, roansports.com. If you look at my release plays, it's kind of funny. I'm, I'm doing a search here for Rams, uh, if you just do a search there. I've nine and zero here on any Rams sides that I've been on, whether I'm betting for them or against them. No, no, no totals or anything, either the money line or side. And uh, yeah, I guess goes to show you, and then four and all this year, and uh, they've every every one they've lost, they've won the game outright, but haven't covered. Uh, Kansas City, Seattle, Green Bay, and Denver is what I've been on, and so four and zero here. So it's been kind of interesting, uh, kind of the opposite monster that you're dealing with with uh, New Orleans. Uh, but because likewise with you, if you look at mine, I'm also uh, lost. Uh, I think all in three or something. I'm betting on New Orleans uh, games. So this uh, so far this year. So uh, with that being said, I feel like uh, like my power range suggests. I like I like Detroit here pretty hard, uh, pretty heavy. I feel like uh, they're the right side, especially if you get ten. I, I like it at ten quite a bit. I think that's pretty juicy. Um, yeah, Rams. They uh, coming off a buy. I get that. I think they needed the buy, but at the same time, that game they had. I mean. Uh, that that Monday night game against Kansas City before going into the bye, they both had a bye after that game, and and they, and they needed it the way that game was played. I mean, that was just an absolute, you know, shootout back and forth. So I mean, that's got to be a pretty draining game, and one of those deals where they come here and go on the road, and maybe type of deal where they can kind of catch their breath, uh, quote unquote. So I feel like this is a spot where Detroit should be able to show up, and they only you know, look pretty decent on Thanksgiving. They couldn't quite get there, um, but. At the same time, I didn't think, uh, you know, I like the effort for the most part. I think they were, they, they had a chance to win that game and they were in it, especially in a chance to cover. But um, I think this is a game, like I said, at home, just getting this many points with a, a capable quarterback. I think this is the way you got to look uh, for, for sure. And I do like the Detroit side. Yeah, it's interesting. I know one of um, our takes, well, specifically my take earlier in the year was just watching the Rams, how they just always kept the pedal to the metal. I was thinking they're just a team that, even if you feel like the points are a few inflated, they're not really a team you want to mess with because they'll just keep throwing the ball deep even if they're up seven late in the game. But that really hasn't – I don't necessarily know if that was wrong or not, but it really hasn't shown up too much in their uh, margin of victories here. The last handful of wins they've had were they won by three, five, two. They blew out the Niners at home by 29, and then they beat the Broncos by three, Seahawks, two, Vikes, seven. Um, So, I mean, the last – you know, whatever, what are those, that seven of the last eight wins, the largest margin of victory they had was seven. So that's, and a lot of those were at home. So for all that, I think they are a team that could blow people out. I think that 
what that kind of shows just based on that and then based on watching them is their defense really is kind of underperformed here and just really hasn't been able to close people out. Uh, their defense has given up points in bunches and really hasn't slowed hardly any teams down here other than uh, the Niners that week. So you give me a Detroit offense that isn't overly explosive, but you know, when you talk about Matt Stafford, it's just he's, he constantly seems like a guy that puts up a bunch of kind of hollow stats and, and hollow points. And uh, if you got to, if they're down, you know, 15, 16, 14 points late, and you got the ball in Stafford's hands trying to get a garbage touchdown against this Rams defense, doesn't be able to close out games at all. Uh, I think that's, you know, not, not the worst spot in the world. And I think that's a fairly uh, pessimistic outlook of how the game's going to go. So I think getting 10 full points here at home with Detroit's uh, absolutely the way to look. You got the Rams off the bye week, but Detroit played on Thanksgiving early, so they've had a few extra days to, to rest. So I don't think the spot advantage is too huge for the Rams. And, uh, you know, I just I don't know. I think against a decent offense, catching 10 at home is a pretty attractive proposition. So I will almost for sure be on Detroit here. Next game, we have Arizona at Green Bay. Green Bay laying uh, 14 here at home. Wow, with a total of 44, 44 and a half. Yeah, power rating here, Green Bay 13, Westgate open, Green Bay minus 14 in the look headline, Green Bay 11.5, total 45.5 was the opener. Um, Yeah, I, mean, I, don't, I don't got much on this one. I mean, can you, can, I don't know how you could possibly trust Green Bay laying points here, this many points, two touchdowns. But at the same time, you look at Arizona, and they've just been pitiful, even as a big underdog. They just haven't been able to do anything. Uh, last uh, last week, it looked like they were would have been the right side uh, out of the gate. They got out of there early against the Chargers and just pretty much dead after that. I mean, they couldn't do anything and, and just got blown out the rest of the way. It wasn't even close. And uh, I don't know. To, to me, it's uh, getting close to the Oakland where it's, you know, really tough to back type of deal uh, with them. And uh, I mean, But the, the thing is, too, with Arizona, I just don't really feel like they have – they don't really sling the ball much. It's not like they can even, like, you know, have 50-50 balls. It's more so to me they just, uh, just really don't have much at all. It's coaching everything there I just don't really like. So, it's, for me, it's hard – even as a big underdog, it's just hard for me to back a team like that. So, I mean, obviously, like I said, I'm not going to be laying big points here with Green Bay, but I really don't like this uh, Arizona getting even getting two touchdowns. I just don't think it's as uh, juicy as it as uh, some some would look if you just look at the, the teams on paper or look at the game on paper. Yeah, I don't think there's any way you could ever lay 14 with this Green Bay team that just hasn't been that impressive whatsoever, uh, basically the entire season. But... So in these type of point spreads, I always look towards a dog or pass, but I can't even I can't make a case for Arizona hardly at all. Uh, even though other than last week, they really haven't got blown out that much. They've pretty much kept most games close. So you could use that logic and say, oh, maybe we'll keep it close. But I think there's been a team that's every week seems like they've just been. I don't know if it's not trying or they're just bad i don't even i don't think they're particularly banged up but i don't know what's going on with them but just every week you watch them it just looks like they're less interested and and just overall just not playing that good of football uh like you said i'm not a big fan of the the coach in arizona either he's pretty conservative but it's uh, it's just just overall seems like a bad bad situation and i can see the packers after a couple of frustrating losses uh on prime time to the vikes and then the week before to the seahawks there on thursday night losing by a touchdown and a field goal and back-to-back weeks against respectable opponents. I could see them kind of taking out their anger and frustration on the, this Cardinals team. And if they have any chance to win, if they run their last five games against a pretty manageable schedule, the Packers could get to 9-6-1 and at least give themselves a slim hope of the playoffs. So 
I think this is kind of a get right spot, and I think the Packers will have a pretty good effort here. But uh, that being said, I have zero interest in laying 14 points with them. Uh, so that's it for the early games. Uh, On to the afternoon games. So we got four afternoon games here. First one, Kansas City headed to Oakland. Kansas City laying 15 on the road with a total of 55. Yeah, my power rating here, Kansas City 14. Westgate open, Kansas City 15.5. And, and look at line, Kansas City 14. Uh, total here open, 55.5. I mean, I don't know. I mean, there's really not much for handicap. I don't think there's really anything too in-depth you can get about here. It's just... You want to take a you know take a gasp uh, with with Oakland at home getting more than two touchdowns. I mean, to me, I'd probably lean yes. I, I don't know if I'll release a play because it seems a little bit harder to to do that. Or, but I'll almost likely for sure have uh, money on on this game on Oakland. I mean, I'm not going to lay this many points with Kansas City for sure. It's kind of the same thing I just said last game. But I think Oakland's a little bit more capable to an extent. But I mean, it really it's going to be tough. It's kind of hard to tell and hard to know until you see the effort that they're going to come out with. But I feel like this you just out of principle, you kind of just have to play this game, I think, uh, at home uh, t- to me. I know there's not a huge home field advantage in Oakland, but like I said with the Rams, I think it might be similar with Kansas City. I feel like this might be a kind of a gasping for air, kind of take a breath type of game where, yeah, they'll win and go take care of business, but I don't really think they'll try to win by a huge margin. And I, I like that Kansas City, I think, is even more so than, than the Rams. Like you said, the Rams would be more likely to you know, kind of step on your throat, whereas the Ram- uh, Kansas City, like we saw last time they were laying big points uh, like this, I don't know when it was, several weeks ago, or a few weeks ago, they uh, kind of just, you know, played it easy and just got the win and didn't really, uh, you know, that's, that's, yeah, that's Arizona, they won by 12 and were basically not even hardly trying the whole second half. Yeah, which is what more you'd expect of an Andy Reid as opposed to, uh, you know, the, the Rams coaching staff. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, it's just a big point spread and it's tough to play with this Oakland team, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, how they're probably the worst one of the worst power-rated teams in the league right now, but at the same time, uh, you know, it might be worth a flyer here if you can get uh, any 14.5 or above if you can get off the, those two touchdowns. I think it's, it's it's worth a look here at Oakland. Yeah, like last week they lost to Baltimore by 17. But like we said, that was fairly fraudulent. They gave up a fumble six there late that made that look a little bit worse than it was, even though they were fairly competitive and actually ahead in that game early. And the week before they went to Arizona, which is the most impressive, but... They haven't they haven't totally quit on Gruden, which it looked like four or five weeks ago. They might just be, you know, complete bet against the whole rest of the way. And I don't think they're good by any means, but I think they're at least trying somewhat. And um, I don't know, it's just, uh, you can't ever feel super comfortable, but that's clearly why they're catching fifteen at home. The only thing that would keep me off that, I think, and maybe I still have a slight bet on Oakland, but I'm not totally sure. But Andy Reid off a of bye has been pretty money here year in and year out and that's a trend that i don't really want to buck but i think i don't know if it's totally applicable in this situation because usually off a buy they're going to be a little bit more competitively priced games whereas this he could easily he could comfortably win the game kind of like you were saying but kind of you know zombie walk through that second half and still win by 10 points without too much issue so that gives me a little bit of pause but i'll still probably have a small bet here on oakland Next afternoon game is the New York Jets headed to Tennessee. Looks like Tennessee is a 7.5, 8-point favorite with a total of 40.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Tennessee 9. Let's get open, Tennessee 9.5. Look at line, uh, not available due to the uncertainty with quarterback again. And then the total here, open 41. Uh, a little bit of uh, downward movement here on the total, uh, betting under. And a little bit of money coming on the Jets, uh, but we, we like we mentioned quite a few times during the podcast that difference between seven and a half and nine, it's uh, that eight eight and a half range. It's just pretty much a dead dead number, kind of like you see four four and a half. Uh, those are 
No, I mean, I think eight's even more dead. I think we mentioned that a few weeks ago, but uh, kind of just a little bit of no man's land, and that's what you get exactly in that in that range. Uh, so not a whole lot of money that moves it. So yeah, a little bit of movement, but not not like a ton by any means. Not a huge move like through three or through seven or something like that. But that being said, uh, I I don't know. To me, it's uh, you know maybe maybe a small lean on the Jets, but even then, I don't I don't really like it that much, uh, especially now that you lose a little bit of that value too. Uh, not that like I said, not a huge difference in the number, but. When you just have a small lane in the numbers, you lose a little bit of value on the numbers. It's just it's hard to get actually get there with a full bet. So I um, probably went to got there either way. But um, yeah, just to me, Tennessee is a team where I just don't really have want anything to do with them. I think if anything here, uh, maybe see where how low this total gets. It seems like this would be a thing where if it slips into the 30s, I might take a look at the over. Uh, I, I will like take a look at Mariota's health and see where he's at. Uh, I know it looked a little little fishy last game with him, but at the same time, I feel like. Um, and this this might be a game that looks like it might be a little bit lower lower scoring, but I think it might have a chance might have a chance to get in the you know mid forties or high forties uh, with a little bit more scoring than people expect. Yeah, I'll make this one pretty quick because the Jets have lost five in a row and been a, have been fairly non competitive throughout a majority of that stretch. Uh, so I really don't like them, but I don't like Tennessee much either. Off two straight blowouts, so I. No way I'm going to lay these kind of points with Tennessee, but I don't trust the Jets that they're still playing. I'm kind of surprised Bowles is still their coach. I can't imagine he's going to be coaching there next year. So uh, they're probably getting their play out the string phase, and I don't have much trust and or they haven't liked Tennessee for much of the year. So for me, this one's an easy pass. But I, I do agree with you, though, that if it gets down there, I don't think, especially if you got Mariota playing and um, Darnold's back for the Jets, I think that's like their best you know best options for their offense is to produce some points so i i think the over might not be a terrible way to look there uh next game is good one here we got the vikings of minnesota headed to new england it's like new england's a five five and a half point home favor with a total of 48 and a half yeah moving on this game since i uh since i did my numbers here it's a pretty uh a little bit of yeah movement i didn't expect uh this early in the week but power rain here in new england minus six Westgate open, uh, it was six. Look, it was like seven, but then I think, uh, I think it was kind of a, a little bit of a loose seven. But uh, yeah, it said New England full seven, and then the look at line here is New England minus six, and the total here open forty nine. So you had a little bit of Vikings money early and some total under early. Um, I, 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 I don't know. This Vikings team, I think that it was a pretty impressive win last week against the Packers in prime time again. That was their uh, what three out of four weeks of uh Sunday night games. And they looked uh, they looked pretty good. They had it in hand in hand the whole time. Um yeah, and I don't I don't really think there's a whole lot you could fault them with. The thing I think it's kinda of funny, you look at the the look at line, like I said, was six and then the, the opener was New England seven. Six and a half, seven, somewhere in there. Um, you know, they're both coming out. New England, like I said, the, earlier in the pod and the getting the best of the number and the weekend recap segment about how they almost gave up the cover and that total over late last last week, and uh, very easily, like I said, not covered the game, laying that big points on the road, and then um, they got kind of fortunate, I think, there. And the Minnesota, like I said, pretty much had that game in hand the whole time, and uh, it's pretty you know pretty pretty dominant in that game. And and yeah, you see an, an upward trend toward New England. And kind of the same thing happened last week about how there was two teams on by, and they got a pretty big adjustment without seeing either of the two teams play from the look headline. So I think it's kind of. Goes to show you, I think you're just kind of seeing that New England love that you you see, and that's what uh, the bookmakers are expecting the New England money to come in. Uh, maybe also as well that you're playing against a little bit more of a public better that doesn't look at the look headlines maybe or something as well. But 
Um, yeah, some early Minnesota money here. I, I do agree with that. But um, even at six, I, I would have probably leaned Minnesota. I probably wouldn't be able to get to the window either. I just feel like um, this is going to be a little bit of a tough spot here for Minnesota. Uh, I have to come around and turn turn around and play the, the Patriots here. They're going to have a pretty big step up in class than what they've had uh, than what they had last week against the Packers. I'm a little bit, lo- little bit down on the Packers squad. And then uh, New England here, I'm not really too high on them either. But at the same time, they're, uh, they, you know, they, they usually come to play in these types of games. So they're uh, pretty big money makers. And I feel like Minnesota on the road here is going to be a little bit tougher task. And uh, I'm not really, I, I'm not really not too sure about that defense either. I, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, hopefully they can hold just from a fan perspective, but I'm not really too uh, reassuring with that defense like it was last year. So, uh, I really don't uh, have an opinion on this game much at all. Uh, maybe if anything, like I said, that defense may be lacking a little bit. If anything, maybe lean over, especially if it comes down any more than it is at 48 and a half. Yeah, I think there's value on the Vikes here. I just I'm, I think it's more so a bet against New England. I don't think that they're bad by any means, but I'd say they're, these two teams are fairly equal. And if you look at the Vikes, um, they just... They got blown out in that weird game against the Bills, and then they lost by 10 to the Saints at home when kind of a weird game where that Thielen fumble really kind of shifted the momentum of the game there. But other than that, they lost by 7 at the Rams on a Thursday night that was kind of a bad spot, and then they lost in primetime to the Bears by 5. So I just think they're they're capable of keeping this game close, and whether they win it or not, uh, I don't know. But uh, I just... I think this should be more like a three and a half point game, so I think you're getting a couple extra points of value here on the Vikes. Um, this, I don't know, like New England, even though, yeah, even though they covered last week, I maybe they're just one of those games where they're just typical New England taking care of business against an inferior team, and then they'll step up in games where they need to step up. That's absolutely possible, but I just really haven't been impressed by hardly anything New England's done for majority of the year, and the fact they're eight and three. I think like the Texans kind of just shows you how weak a lot of the league is and a lot of the AFC is. So I, I wouldn't lay a huge price here because I don't totally – I like Cousins a decent amount for Minnesota, but I don't necessarily totally trust him uh, in a hostile environment on the road here in a afternoon game where there's a little bit of – not quite prime time, but a little bit of extra attention paid to you. So I, I definitely wouldn't put this as a lock or a huge bet by any means, but I do think that uh, you're getting a couple extra points of value, so I'd lean towards the Vikes here. Last afternoon game we have is San Francisco at Seattle. Looks like Seattle's a 9.5, 10-point home favorite with a total of 46. Yeah, my power rating here is Seattle 10.5. Westgate open, Seattle 10. Look headline here, Seattle 7.5. A total at the Westgate open, 46. And, yeah, that's one uh, pretty short and sweet for me. I think this total is kind of sitting right where it should be. Uh, I think Mullins is kind of a, a big question mark. and not really sure. He had a good performance when he first came in relief. Um, for, for Cody, uh, for Bethard, but, um, yeah, I don't know for, for me, I think Seattle, they're kind of, they had a pretty decent win last week. I feel like this would be a time where they're going to kind of start a roll here. That's kind of what Seattle does at this time of the year. So I don't really want to step in front of them necessarily. And it's a divisional game, but I feel like, uh, like my power rating suggests, I feel like it's, uh, it, you know, it's tough for me to get to the window here on San Francisco, laying the points, just kind of hoping that Mullins can get it, get it together and that San Francisco team can. So. Uh, to me, pretty uh, pretty easy stay away for me. Pretty easy pass. Yeah, ever since Mullins came in and burned me when they smacked the Raiders there in his first game, they've came back and lost to the Giants and Bucks, who <laughs> aren't two particularly uh, impressive teams in their own right. So that kind of makes that loss to the Raiders there when he first came in even more aggravating. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think San Francisco's pretty banged up and their season's 
pretty much over with here at the same time. Obviously, it's priced like that, so no no real opinion here. I don't really want either of these teams in these roles. Uh, Sunday night game, pretty good one. We got the Chargers heading to Pittsburgh. Looks like Pittsburgh's a three-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 52. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Pittsburgh three-and-a-half. Westgate open three-and-a-half. Look at line. Pittsburgh four-and-a-half in the total. Open 51-and-a-half. Um, yeah, it's kind, of, it's kind of disappointing in this line. I thought I'd be able to get on. Pittsburgh laying three, like a flat three, uh, but now you have to pay that extra hook, and to me, I just can't get there. That's just going to push me away from it, but I really wanted to bet Pittsburgh here, or I shouldn't say really, but that's the way I wanted to, or was looking to bet, uh, going over my numbers and my sheet, so like I said, slightly disappointed, but you know, we might see some money here late, too. I won't be surprised if this game came down a little bit, and if that is the case, I, I do like Pittsburgh quite a bit at a flat three. I feel like uh, pick the winner, you know, take the better team. I think Pittsburgh's a better team. I think the Chargers have kind of in the public eye now they've looked pretty impressive rivers have played pretty well but if, if anything i know about the chargers is when it gets late to the season gets to playoff time it seems like that's the time either they're so far out of it at this point where they have nothing to lose or uh, if they are doing good it seems like this is a time where they uh, kind of choke or you know come come back to a little bit to the mean so and especially with this too with pittsburgh after to lose i think it's a pretty good spot here for pittsburgh after that upset uh, when they were favorites there against Denver. Um, not that I think they kind of, I don't really think that they played that bad necessarily, but just by the, from the stats perspective, at least they didn't, um, it's just more so the, the, the score, uh, favored Denver. So, I mean, like I said, I don't really think that Pittsburgh, there's really a whole lot of red flags necessarily, quote unquote, but, um, I feel like this would be a spot where they usually step up and play and, and, and take care of business here. And, uh, like I said, I, I like Pittsburgh here at three, but where the current number would just be a lean at Pittsburgh. Yeah, my gut says Pittsburgh here in a bounce-back spot. <laughs> and not just because he kind of blew the game there late with the, that terrible interception that Roethlisberger threw, but it seems like he's kind of done that, I don't know, quite a few times this year. Um, you know, when I was on him earlier in the year against Atlanta, I think it was, and then against uh, against Jacksonville, he just looked horrendous in the first half and ended up coming back, but... I don't know. It seems, I don't know if it's because he's a step old or that's kind of what he's always been, I guess, to some extent, but it just seems like he's a little bit kind of careless with the ball or just makes some really scratch your head decisions. And when you're talking about laying more than a field goal or even a flat three against a upper echelon team, it's a little bit worrisome. So I would lean towards Pittsburgh here, but I just don't know if I necessarily trust the Big Ben and just Pittsburgh in general uh, enough to necessarily lay a full field goal with him here, so I'll probably be staying away from this one, but this one will be a pretty entertaining one. It's a great Sunday night game to watch. All right, on to the Monday night game. We got Washington heading to Philly. Philly is 6.5 point home favor, the total of 44. Uh, yeah, my power rating here, Philly minus 6. Open Philly 6.5, look headline, Philly 6.5, and, and the total here open 44.5. Um, yeah, another game here, I just I really have, don't have much of, a, much of an opinion. I mean, I've backed this Philly team a few times here, and they they did they did uh, win last week, but uh, took a lot there. They won, but did not cover. I was on them again, not myself, but uh, somebody else I follow, and they were on them laying I think five and a half, six somewhere in there. And then that line last week came bet against them a little bit on the Giants. It kind of came down even more before kickoff, but still never got there for a cover. They won by three. Um, uh, again, I think I'd be slightly inclined to to, to bet uh, Philly here laying points at home, but. I just don't know if I can get there to the window. I just it's, the Philly's a tough team to back right now for me, especially if you're talking about laying a more than the field goal type of deal. Uh, even, even if they are at home, I just uh, don't know if I can get there with Philly. But that's the way I guess I would look if anywhere. I just I don't trust this Washington team. I think they've been kind of a fraud, and 
now that they're banged out backup quarterback, I just feel like it's going to be a you know, tough upward climb for them. So, um, not, 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 some, not, not a team I'm really looking to back right now. Yeah, I'm kind of looking to fade Philly here. Um, I was, I just don't, I think they're still getting a little bit of respect. Even though I was on them a couple weeks ago against the Saints, they just really haven't shown up. And I think that coming back to win that game last week is kind of going to talk people back into them a little bit. And I just don't really think they've been playing crisp, good football at all. Uh, as opposed to Washington, I mean, they, they I, I agree, I think they've kind of been frauds all year for the most part. But I don't think Alex Smith down to McCoy is that big of a downgrade. And even last week, in a semi-tough spot on a short week going into Dallas, they ended up losing by eight, but they were you know, semi-competitive, especially when you're talking about catching six and a half um, in a little bit better spot here, a little bit extra time to prepare. Going to Philadelphia, do I think's unequivocally a worse team than the Cowboys at this point, but you're still catching a similar price to where it closed at. I think there's a little bit of value on Washington here, and even if they don't win the game, I think it could be fairly similar to what happened last week where you know the Eagles kind of come back, play sloppy, and end up winning the game by three, four points. So I like Washington, but I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't uh, bet my mortgage or my life or anything on Colt McCoy and and Jake Rudin, that's for sure. But I think they're probably worthy of a small bet here. So that'll do it for the week. What is it? Week thirteen uh, slate here. So let's finish up the pod with our uh, pick of the week. The AS pick of the week. All right. So. Uh, we didn't do one last week, obviously, with uh, the pod not being released. So if you go back a couple weeks, I had uh, the aforementioned Philadelphia Eagles at New Orleans, which was a wrong side loser the whole way. So that drops me to four and six on the year. And Rob had the Chiefs plus three and a half in that shootout at the Rams. So that got there by the half point. The hold hook got him home. So that moves him to two, seven and one on the year. So that means you got the tee box, Rob. Swing away. Yeah, two seven one, pretty impressive. Uh, I don't know. I guess uh, build Hot my streak. Way, yeah, build my way out of the hole. But um, yeah, it's a two games in a row now. I, I don't know, maybe not. But um, yeah, let's see. This is a card. I don't know. It gets tougher and tougher to pick these games uh, to come up with winners, and that's what you'll you'll see as a result of that. You'll see on my picks page probably the the plays, uh, the amount of volume probably going down just because it's hard uh, with these lines between teams not trying as much and. Uh, the motivation is obviously a, f- a factor. Then also just having these uh, more stats and everything else that kind of hammer these lines more into place uh, from the openers. So it does get a little bit tougher. That being said, I think I mentioned earlier, um, I think I'm going to stay away from the totals here a little bit. It's been tough. Uh, not not the best of luck there on a few of those late. So I think what I'll do, the one I probably like the most here, um, I don't know what the number is, but uh, I, I like the Detroit side here. I don't know. I guess it just depends on whether you get graded at 9.5 or 10. But I'll do. Uh, I'll take to Detroit there, getting the getting the points at home. I think there's plenty of tens. Yeah, I, I do see quite a few tens. I'll do that. I'll do Detroit plus ten uh, there at home against the Rams, trying to uh, keep on that streak of picking Rams games. Uh, right. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, I'm debating between a couple here, but I think I am going to take my Buffalo Bills getting four and a half at Miami. Oh boy. In a game I think should be pretty much a flat three. I'll take that extra point and a half and. <coughs> take the bills on the road here catching four and a half the nature <laughs> all righty so that'll do her that'll do it uh any concluding thoughts for the week rob uh no not really um i don't have much to say much else it's uh hopefully get those picks of the week back rolling and uh get those picks going on our release page and yeah just like i always say check it out and 
yeah, use the use the tools that are readily available at this point. They're free, so you might as well use them. But other than that, uh, I don't. Know. I really can't say. I don't think there's a whole lot of good games. There'll be a handful, but nothing. Uh, not overly excited for this card by any means. But um, from a viewing perspective or a betting perspective, but we'll see what happens. Maybe some line movement will come here late in the week and maybe fade that line movement. That seems uh, seems like it's been working pretty well so far this year. And a few games last week didn't work out all that well. Like you mentioned that Cleveland Cincy game, but. Seems like uh, all in all, it seems like some of those late moves aren't necessarily haven't been necessarily the the smartest uh, of decisions there. So we'll kind of wait and see here. But yeah, not not overly, overly excited about this card here uh, going in. Yeah, no, not really. We got a couple. The first couple primetime games are good, and then that Vikes Pats game should be good. Other than that, there's a lot of duds. So that's one thing. I think this pod kind of ran a little long here. Now that we're done with bye weeks, we got the full slates. So, uh, it, you know, take a little bit extra time. But going forward, there'll be more and more games where you just got two bottom feeders that are have nothing to play for, and it's, you know, pretty t- tough to judge the motivation. So I think as the uh, year kind of winds down here, we should be able to manage the time a little bit better with just being very brief on uh, a handful of games each and every week because there's really only, uh, you know, especially when it gets down to week 16, 17, there's really only three, four games that really mean much. And uh, just a lot of meaningless games. So that's uh, something to keep in mind here as we wind down the uh, year. It's kind of sad to see that we're already saying that. But that's the way football season seems to go every year. As it gets there, you're all excited for it. And then before you know it, you're already kind of on the, the home stretch. So that'll do it with the Week 13 pod. Best of luck, everybody, this weekend. Hopefully we get some good games, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.